Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Denver Broncos. This is the Broncos Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary and Broncos Wire editor, John Heath. All right, welcome in. the uh, The countdown is on, John. We're a week away from the NFL draft. How you feeling? I am. Uh, I'm dying. I need this thing to get here now. Uh, I, c- I can only do so much more pre-draft talk. I'm ready for this thing to come. The buildup has been out of control this year, and I'm just ready for it to be here. I feel the exact same way. I'm so so ready for to see what are they going to do. Do they actually stay trade up? Do they stay put? Do they move down? I just want to talk about what they do. Where there's been so much speculation, it's like, all right, we're a week away. We can do this. We can get there. But we got more speculation to talk about today, so I shouldn't poo-poo that too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to shoot down one of our main topics today, and we're going to get to the Woody Page stuff and the trading up, and we both have a, a thoughts on that, but. Here's a new topic that we haven't touched on yet, John, that is an interesting one. I think it's been developing over the years, this topic about OTAs. And Broncos players have released a statement that they won't be participating in the voluntary OTAs. Uh, They're only going to be going to the mandatory stuff in training camp. I know you have a thought on this. What what are you thinking right now about this? I want to be careful with my words because I don't want to downplay COVID like I know COVID is still going on and people want to stay safe and healthy. And like, I get that. That's a good thing. People should want to stay healthy and safe. Like I have no problem with that, but I kind of have a problem with the way the players union has framed this. Like the optics to me don't look great because in the statement, the Broncos players released a statement through the players union And it basically gave the impression that all of the players were on the same page and all of them were going to skip the voluntary off-season program, and it said that COVID was the reason for them to do it, and it said that it wasn't safe to do in-person off-season program because of COVID. But like at the same time that they released that statement, like Von Miller's in Mexico posting photos and videos on Instagram of him around all these people, nobody's wearing masks, and it's like, okay, is it okay? and safe for Miller to do that, but it's not safe for him to be in the facility. Like when they're in the facility, they have to wear masks and there's all kinds of protocols and stuff. And also before that statement went out, 22 players had already been at the facility this off season doing like workouts and rehab. And so is a statement saying, okay, those 22 guys, it was safe then. But now that the off season program is officially starting up, it's not safe anymore. And like Alexander Johnson, their linebacker, he tweeted and he used some unadvisable uh, phrase in his tweets. He shouldn't have done that. But the point that he was trying to make, I think, is that if they want to spin this and say, because we didn't have OTAs last year and the NFL still had a fine season, so that proves you don't need OTAs, okay. But Johnson said, don't use the COVID-19 as an excuse. And that's the exact word he said. Don't use it as an excuse. And like, I kind of get where he's coming from. It's like, I really think the players union is spinning this as a COVID thing, when in reality, they just want to get rid of in-person OTAs. And it's like, okay, fine. If you want to get rid of them, just be upfront about it and say that. And like the players union president, he has said that, because there weren't any this last year proves they don't need to have them ever again. But like the Broncos players union statement specifically mentioned COVID. And I was like, come on guys, you know, it's not about that. Like your actions are contradicting your statement. 
And like, there's four Broncos players that they have workout bonuses. If they go to the offseason workouts, they get bonuses, including quarterback Drew Locke and linebacker Von Miller. Von Miller gets like half a million. So that's a lot of money. And the players union had told players and encouraged players, if you have a workout bonus, you should go to the offseason program. And then again, it's like, okay, it's not safe to go to the offseason program, but if you have a bonus, then it is safe. It's like, it's just another example. Like, this is not about COVID at all. Like a couple guys, they all talked about right after the season ended in January, they were like, last year, we didn't have OTAs. It hurt Drew Locke's development. It hurts the offense development. And they all basically implied that they were looking forward to having in-person OTAs this year because it would help them. And Locke himself, he literally said, the offense is going to get better with more reps in OTAs and more reps in training camp. And then it's like, okay, that was in January. Did Locke change his mind between now and then? And now he's like, oh, actually, I don't want more reps in OTAs. Like, no, I don't think he changed his mind. I think he still wants to go to OTAs, one, because he wants to get better, and two, because of his bonus. Like, of course he wants to be there for his bonus. And, like, Locke, to me, as a quarterback, he should be one of the team's leaders. I don't know if he really is because I'm not in the locker room. But just as a quarterback, you would assume he's, like, at least one of the offensive leaders. And then Von Miller, he's definitely a team leader. He's, like, a defensive leader. And Miller – Drew Locke showed up to the start of the offseason program on Monday. Miller, I don't think, was there on Monday at the start of the offseason program, but I assume he's going to get there at some point and at least attend like the minimum amount of sessions required to trigger his bonus because half a million, that's a pretty big bonus. So if Drew Locke, your offensive leader, he's going, and Vaughn Miller, your defensive leader, he's going, it's like, okay, well, then who are the leaders that are signing off on this players union statement. Like, can you imagine if Peyton Manning was still the Broncos quarterback and he was planning to go to the offseason program? And then the players union said, Hey, we're not going to the offseason program and implying that none of the players are. And then Peyton Manning still does. And like 20 something players go with him. It's like, that's not unity at all. Like, I, I don't like how it's like, kind of dividing the locker room like not that it's a locker room divide i don't think guys are like fighting with each other but like you have to pick and choose like do you follow drew Locke and von miller who, and to be fair they have financial incentive to be there but i'm just saying do you follow them or do you follow the guys that are your players union representatives like the broncos player union reps are brandon mcmanus the kicker uh justin simmons the safety and malik reed the outside linebacker and like with mcmanus Credit to him because he's had a very good career. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been a very good kicker. So, like, I'm not trying to bash him as a player, but I don't love him putting pressure on the players to not show up because he's in a very different position than a lot of guys. Like, as a kicker, he can work out on his own offseason all year. He can kick on his own. He can show up in the fall, and he can be ready to go. He has no competition for his job. He's made a ton of money. He Like a young offensive lineman, he's got to learn the blocking scheme. A young defensive back, he's got to learn the coverage. A young wide receiver, he's got to learn the route running. And it's the same with the Players Union president, the Brown Center. Like He's 30-something years old. He's made 30-something million dollars in his career. He doesn't have competition for his job. He knows the offense. Like a guy like that, he can skip the whole offseason program and show up in training camp or whenever and be all set and ready to go. But that's not the same scenario for a young guy trying to impress the coaches, trying to learn the scheme, try to get in as much work as he possibly can, who has no guarantee at all to make the roster. It's like in high school sports. When there's like a unofficial summer practice that's not mandatory, you even though it's not mandatory, you know if you don't show up 
and other people are going, they're going to jump you on the depth chart because coaches are seeing they're there, they're working, they're getting better, and you're not there. And you may be working on your own, but they don't see you there. You're not learning the scheme. And fair or not, that's just the way it works. Like guys that are there, they're going to go up in the standings and guys that are not there, they're going to go down the standings. And like, maybe that's not fair. And if the players union wants to say in-person OTAs aren't needed, whatever, but like, I just don't like that they're pinning it on COVID because it's clearly not about COVID at all. And I just don't like that. It's almost like the players union is making decisions that like, to me, it should be the team's leaders making this decisions. I just don't like it the way it was framed as all of us players are on the same page. We're not showing up. And then 20 something guys show up, including two key leaders. And it's like, okay, clearly you weren't on the same page. So how was the statement even allowed to be put out in the first place? So yeah, clearly from my rant, you can tell that I'm not too pleased about it. You know, first of all, I think it's the veteran players in the league that are doing this. They see the word voluntary and they're just, they're taking that word for what it means now, John. And I think it goes back to 2018 with Tom Brady. Now, he was really the first big name player who skipped OTAs kind of publicly and got some media attention for it. Brady skips OTAs in 2018 to help Giselle with the kids. And out here in New England, Boston Sports Radio just ripped him. And it was just like, oh, you've got these young receivers. What are you doing? You're Tom Brady. How can the team function without you? You're the most important player on the team. And uh, so they just ripped Brady, ripped Brady. And oh, by the way, the Patriots won the Super Bowl in 2018. <laughs> and Brady went and skipped OTAs again in 2019 after they drafted Nikhil Harry. And the thing started all over again. But still, the trump card is you won the Super Bowl in 2018 after Brady skipped OTAs. So I think this has been a trend, John. And it's just kind of been building. And I think the veteran players, especially, not so much the younger guys like Drew Locke, KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, like these are guys that should be at OTAs, the younger guys. But these veteran players, like the Von Millers of the world, I feel like they're like, yo, voluntary means I don't have to go. If you want me there, tell, make it mandatory and then I'll be there. But if it's voluntary, uh, I don't think so. Uh, I'll be I'll be yeah. on vacation in Mexico or something. You know, I just feel like that's kind of where it's at for the older veteran players. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And I do think it should be kind of a case by case thing like Tom Brady. He was old. He was well established. He knew everything that was going on. And Easy like, there, you have a don't, fam- call, don't call him old now. He looks like he's, <laughs> he looks like he's 25. But go on. Yeah, you're right. I can't call him old. But like if he had a family thing going on on top of that, like, of course, your family comes first over something that's voluntary with your job. So like. I get that, but like uh, Drew Locke, he's not Tom Brady. And like Tom Brady came to that decision and he's established and he's a team leader. Like Drew Locke, I know he's young and he's not established, but like you want him to emerge as a team leader, as a quarterback. And Von Miller, even if it's only money motivated, if he's one of your key leaders and he's showing up, I just don't love the way it worked out where some guys are going, some guys aren't. And before any of that happened, a statement put out implied that they were all unified in their stance against it when clearly they're not like if if that had never happened and only 20 guys showed up i'd be like okay whatever some guys are going to go some guys aren't going to go i just i don't love the whole statement aspect and the whole union aspect because it made it seem like they were unified when clearly they weren't all on board with it i love it john heath all fired up a week before the draft let's see if we can get you even more fired up john we'll get to this thing about woody page and trading up and what he thinks is going to happen his prediction we'll get to all that coming up next All right, John, so more buzz for the Broncos trading up for, according to Woody Page, 
either Justin Fields or Trey Lance. And this is where it kind of loses me. I definitely have some thoughts on this. But as you mentioned on Broncos Wire, Woody Page kind of, he often nails his predictions when it comes to the Broncos. And he says that the team has already reached out to the Falcons about trading up to number four. And he says that they would be comfortable drafting Fields or Lance, whichever one is available. So what's your take on this thing? What was your gut reaction to uh, Page's report? Yeah, like you mentioned, Page, he predicted uh, Jerry Judy last year. Before that, he predicted Drew Locke. And to be fair, he's very close to John Elway. So that may have been part of it. Now Elway's Elway's not involved anymore. So he may not be getting quite the same scoops as he used to. George Payton's like, John, I'm not telling you what I'm doing. Get out of here. Get out of the room. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm just saying like Page had a direct line to the GM that he doesn't necessarily have anymore. But even with that said, like he has a good track record. So when he says something like this, we've got to pay attention to it and and think that it could very well be something that's legitimate. And like this whole offseason, there's been so much buzz about trade it for a quarterback, trade it for a quarterback. And it's made me think that it's one of two things. Either one, they're seriously considering it. Or two, they want everybody to think they're seriously considering it to uh, do some kind of smoke screen to have somebody fall to number nine or move down or whatever. Like, say, a quarterback's there at nine and they want to trade down or like, hey, if you don't come, give us a couple first round picks. We're taking this quarterback now. So it, it could be a smoke screen like that. But when I look at it, when Peyton went to like all the QB pro days and when their offensive coordinator went to the second pro days for the Trey Lance and Justin Fields, it's like that's a lot of time and resources to be wasted if all this is just a smokescreen. So to me, it seems like definite genuine interest and it doesn't guarantee they're going to move up because they may do all their homework and say, okay, we really like him, but he's not worth trading this and this and this to go get him. So even though we like him, we're not going to pull the trigger. So it doesn't guarantee they're going to do it, but I I'm definitely leaning towards they're seriously considering moving up for a quarterback. Like I, I, a a week away from the draft, I 100% believe that fields or Lance. So if either one of those is available, they'd consider going up uh, to number four to draft that guy, whichever guy it is. So it's not one guy they're in love with. It's either fields or Lance. And I guess Mac Jones isn't involved in this. It's just Fields or Lance. So they're hoping. The I sure 49ers, hope Mac yeah, Jones is yeah. not. So they're they're hoping Mac Jones goes to the 49ers at number three. My developing opinion after hearing that thing, John, don't trade up to number four just so you can pick the guy that falls through the cracks. I would hate that. I, I just would. Uh, and we were talking before we started recording, unless you are absolutely you, you have them graded exactly the same. You think they're literally a mirror image of each other and they're not. Why would you give up all the assets like you were just talking about to go up to number four, whatever the Falcons are going to be you know, demanding for you to get up there? I just think it'd be kind of ridiculous if it's not a guy that you're absolutely in love with and you think this is the guy to lead us over the next decade. I mean, you could stay at number nine, right? You could, be, you could draft the best corner in the class if you want to. You could take Micah Parsons if that floats your boat. You could draft a stud wide receiver like Devontae Smith. Or you could get a day one. An st- offensive tackle. I was going to say, you could get a, an offensive lineman, John, that could start for you on day one, right? You don't have to think yeah. about it. Put him on your line. He starts day one. Or you could watch one of these prospects slide to you, like Mac Jones, maybe, or Fields or Lance. One of them, maybe. They could slide down the board. That, that could definitely happen. And one of them could slide down to number eight to Carolina, and then maybe you move up at one spot to get that player instead of going all the way up to number four just to get the guy yeah. that falls through the cracks. I just think... Oh, man, I just think you're too good of a team. Your defense is kind of nasty. You already have a young quarterback. I've been talking a lot of pro Drew Locke stuff recently. I don't know what my problem is, but you've got a young quarterback already in the room. You don't have to, you don't have to go up there just to get 
Trey Lance if he happens to fall through because he's a guy that might slip through the cracks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's where they lost me on that thing. I, I get what you're saying. Like, I, I completely understand if George Payton loves Justin Fields and Trey Lance is number two and like Fields goes number three. I completely get what you're saying. Why trade up for someone that's your second choice? But if like Trey Lance is the one he loves and Fields goes number three or whatever, I say go get him. Like I, I'm basically on board with you that don't trade a bunch of assets for the guy that you think is your second choice. But if whichever one Peyton loves more is there, I wouldn't be so against trading up to go get him because you've got to have a good quarterback in the NFL. Everybody knows that. And if Peyton believes whichever one of those guys is his guy and he's there, I'm fine for moving up. But I understand what you're saying. Don't settle for the second option if your first option isn't an option. Yeah, and I agree with everything you just said. And I just hope his, um, I just hope the guy's Justin Fields. <laughs> you know, like, go get <laughs> Justin Fields for me, George Payton. That's who I want. I mean, I'm sure Trey Lance is great. But if you draft Justin Fields, I think he's your starter day one of training camp, OTAs, whatever, John. Uh, Justin Fields is your guy. And if you draft Trey Lance, I think Drew Locke is your starter going into camp, right? There's a big difference there. I just think one guy played for Ohio State. Tore up Clemson in the in the college football playoff and then played in the national championship game, clearly injured. And the other guy played at North Dakota State and is probably a couple years away uh, from yeah. being a, a legit starter. More of a project. Maybe he's a great talent and we'll see. But a little bit more risk there with Trey Lance, I believe. I think there's a clear difference. Field starts day one or Locke starts day one, right? There's a huge difference there. And if Locke's my starter next year... Why am I giving up all those assets to move up? Yeah, I could get a really yep. good player at number nine. Yeah, I completely understand what you're saying because it's like you don't want to have two project quarterbacks on your roster because that's kind of a weird situation because on the one hand, you're like, okay, we're starting Drew Locke because he needs more time. But if he struggles, then do you like switch to Trey Lance halfway through the season? And then if Trey Lance struggles, it's like, okay, well, Trey Lance needs more time to develop. It's like, okay, well, Drew Locke needed more time to develop too. So it would be kind of a weird situation. So I, I totally get what you're saying. Fields would be my preference as well. We've talked about all the young receivers the Broncos have. They're kind of loaded to that position. They've been building it over the years. And uh, sounds like one of those guys, a guy that we haven't seen a lot of, uh, Deshaun Hamilton, could be on the trade block, right? What, do you th- what are you hearing about that? NFL Network reported that the Broncos had received uh, calls from teams interested in trading for him. And at any time that NFL Network reports it and none of the other really Broncos outlets mention anything on it, it always makes me think that this could be something coming straight from the team because NFL Network, obviously, it's owned by the league owners. So, like, they work for every team, including the Broncos. And, like, I think back to a couple years ago, NFL Network reported that the Broncos were getting trade calls about TJ Ward. And then shortly after that, they cut him. And it's like, okay, if teams were really calling about him and interested in trading for him, why'd you have to cut him? Why couldn't you at least get, like, a seventh-round pick? It makes me think that they leaked it to try to drive up like a trade value for Ward when there never really was any to begin with. And I'm not necessarily saying that's what happened with Deshaun Hamilton. Teams may really well be calling them about him, but I just think it's probably not a coincidence that this got out. I think the Broncos are perfectly fine with it leaking because they want to create some kind of trade value for him. And you can understand why they want to do it because he's a fourth year guy. He's going to be a free agent next year. So it's better to get something for him now than let him walk for nothing next year. And he's because he was on a rookie contract, he was barely making anything this year. His salary jumps up to more than 2 million. And that's still not a lot, but for a guy that's buried on your depth chart, they don't want to pay an increase like that. So you can understand why they're, 
shopping him. I just, I can't see a team being willing to give up much for him because even like a fifth round pick to me, you might be better off just drafting a wide receiver in the fifth round because for the next three years, he's going to be much cheaper than Hamilton would be this year. And Hamilton, he just hasn't been that productive. So I feel like his trade market would be like a six round pick and like 2022 or maybe like a seventh round pick this year. I don't think they're going to get a lot for him because again, you don't trade for someone who might be gone next year and is making a, a pay increase this year from what he has been making. I think they will move him, just not for a lot. And you understand why they're moving him, because Corlin Sutton, he's your number one, really good. Jerry Judy, he's your number two, very promising. Tim Patrick, he's probably your number three. Last year he had a breakout year. K.J. Hamler, he's your number four. He's promising. And then in theory, Hamilton could be number five, but Deontay Spencer is their return specialist, and he's a really good returner. So he's making the team. So that makes Spencer number five. And then Hamilton could be number six. But to me, Tyree Cleveland, he's a good backup returner, and he also plays kick coverage. So Cleveland's a very good special teams player. And uh, Hamilton, he hasn't really done a lot on special teams. So I feel like to me, Tyree Cleveland is number six, and then that doesn't really leave room for Hamilton because in recent years, they've only carried six wide receivers. So you can understand why they're getting ready to move on. How much teams are actually interested in him or not, I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if they trade, even if it's just for a seventh round pick, get something for him before he becomes a free agent next year. One week away from the draft. Is it here yet? Oh man, I can't wait, John. I'm gonna. I might have to hold you to a prediction next week. So you got a week to, pre, you know, prepare your final thought on what they're gonna do. Does that sound good? All to right, you? I'm gonna work on that. I'll work on a mock draft. We can do a mock draft next week. I love it. One more mock draft before they're all over, and we can finally talk about the real thing. Uh, we'll get into all that next week. We'll talk to you then. This USA Today Sports podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.